I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Seven years ago, I was in Nazareth. I remember that it was the 25th of March, and I'm absolutely certain about the date because the date that we arrived was the Church of the Annunciation's big festival. Huge crowds had gathered. There were marching bands with drums and bugles, people marching uh, along with the band as well, wearing colorful costumes and waving flags. And they were there to celebrate a very important date. The reason for all of the excitement was that we had arrived on the day of the Annunciation, the day that set aside to remember when Mary, Mary who would be the mother of Jesus, was visited by the angel Gabriel. Well, that was the beginning of a worldwide revolution, really, and it's a thing that we still remember today. Nazareth was a smaller, dustier town back in the day when the angel arrived to visit this young woman named Mary. If you visit the undercroft of the Basilica of the Annunciation, you see what many people believe was the home where Mary grew up, a home that was, as many homes were in those days, part cave and partly made of clay bricks. And of course, this home, this cave home, was underneath what is now the Basilica. Mary came from a working class family. She was bright, she was energetic, she was a mixture of strength and faith and peace. And Gabriel had been sent by God to speak to Mary. The message that Gabriel brought from God was to let her know that God had plans for her, big plans for her and for the world. Plans for an invasion, plans for a revolution. You see, we believe in a God who speaks and then has things happen. When God speaks, it's not just empty words. For example, think about this. God spoke and the entire universe came into existence. And scientists have discovered with some precision the moment when the universe began. God spoke and the world was formed. God spoke and his words were carried on his breath and human beings came into existence and there was life in them. God speaks and things change. This is the God who promises to all people, behold, I make all things new. And you see Mary there, and she's just been tidying up in the kitchen maybe. She's been thinking about marriage. She's been thinking about her fiance, Joseph, and where they will settle and what married life will be like. And then suddenly in the midst of all of this everyday occurrence, in the midst of the ordinary, the angel appears. It's Gabriel and he says, greetings, Mary, you are favored by God. The Lord is with you. And he goes on to tell her, you're gonna have a baby. You're gonna have a son and he's gonna be great. And God is going to give him the throne of King David and he'll have a kingdom that will never come to an end. I tell you, there's a revolution coming when you hear words like that. How can this be, she said, because I'm a virgin. Well, you're getting pregnant will be the work of the Holy Spirit, Gabriel says to her. And this child will be H-O-L-Y, holy. He'll be the son of God. Now, you may think that that's wild, but uh, and you getting pregnant and all, but let me tell you this. Your Auntie Elizabeth, who is in her old age, well past being able to have children, who's been referred to as barren, she's pregnant too. 
because nothing is impossible for God. And Mary replies, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And with that, the angel left her. Nothing is impossible for God. That's what the angel said. I don't know about you, but I'd be thinking after hearing words like that, well, maybe nothing is impossible for God, but I'm not God and lots of things are impossible for me. I'd be thinking, this is going to be hard. I might get killed. Being pregnant, being an unwed mother, that's not something that's going to lead to marital bliss. Stoning, shunning, pain, something like that. That's what it might lead to. But imagine now in that scene with Mary, there's a dove, a beautiful white dove, lands on the windowsill. Often you see the dove in paintings of the Annunciation and the dove represents the Holy Spirit. And I know that the Holy Spirit had to be there. I know that somehow those amazing great master painters who painted religious scenes knew that the Holy Spirit is there at work in that situation and in Mary's heart and mind. The Holy Spirit, God is on the job. There's a revolution coming and despite all the darkness in the world, all the evil and the sin in the hearts and minds of human beings, God is planning a revolution. God is there, present. Bidden or not, God is present. And you might be thinking, well, Mary had extraordinary uh, faith, extraordinary strength, extraordinary understanding, an extraordinary relationship with God. She was just so amazing. But you know, Mary in so many ways was just an ordinary person like you. An ordinary young woman who did extraordinary things, empowered by God, enlivened by God. Because that seems to be how God operates. He takes ordinary people like you and like me and helps them to face all kinds of things because the more they see that God is with them, the more they're able to do. The key to her amazing life as the mother of Jesus is seen in that reply that she made to the angel Gabriel. I think she reveals what made her so well equipped to be the mother of God by the answer that she gave. She said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. That's humility. Do you think of yourself as a servant of God? Well, Mary did. And then she said, let it be with me according to your word. That's another great attribute that she had. It was obedience, obedience to God. Lord, I'm your servant, she said. I'm here to serve you. I will be obedient to you no matter what. There's Mary facing this huge crisis in her life. God empowers the humble. He enables the most unlikely person to succeed. God uses power of love, not brute force like human beings use to bring about his plans. And you might say, well, I don't have the strength that Mary had. I don't have the faith she had. I don't know God like she knew God and I'm not pure like she was. I would be the last person in the world that God would use. Well, be careful because you're actually revealing yourself as one of the most likely people that God would use. Be humble. Be a servant. Be obedient to God. So there was Mary facing this crisis 
And you and I need to remember that every crisis that we face reveals what's in our hearts. In your life now, you're facing crises. We have a worldwide pandemic. I'm sure you haven't forgotten that. People are dying because of COVID. How will you respond in this crisis? We're all maybe facing financial crisis because no one knows how long it will take to recover from the financial and employment and business difficulties that we face as a country right now. We face a crisis because there's global warming. Ah, no, not another crisis. And global warming is going to affect everybody. It may be that when you think about the global crisis, you think, well, that's too big for me. What can I do? How can I make a difference? Tell God that you want to serve him. Tell God that you want to be obedient to him and start trying to live that way. Every crisis we face reveals what's in our hearts. When you're in a crisis, how do you react? Do you start telling God what to do? Do you ask God why he's put you in such a difficult position? Or do you ask God to guide you in the middle of all that's going wrong? In your life, you will face crises. That's guaranteed, like it or not. When you're afraid, do you seek God? When you're in trouble, do you ask God to reveal to you what he's trying to teach you? When you're lonely, how do you deal with it? Do you ask God how? As a person who is lonely, you might serve him, learn from him, be obedient to him. When you face losing money, what do you ask God? Do you say, God, fix this for me. I don't want to be poor. Or do you say in humility as a servant, Lord, I just recognize that everything that I have comes from you. What would you have me do now? How about getting older, aging? You might think, well, I used to be powerful and capable, but now I've been disempowered. I feel like I'm not able to to be a powerful person anymore. Then you might ask God to teach you how to live humbly. You might say, help me to recognize that all the power that I have is from you. It's a gift from you. Teach me to follow you now as a servant. Every crisis we face reveals what's in our hearts. Is your heart humble? Ask yourself, do I listen to God? Or do I listen to my own ego? Do you lash out when you're angry? Or do you say yes to the angel in the room who's come to tell you of God's plans for you? Barbara Brown Taylor writes, like Mary, our choices often boil down to yes or no. Yes, I will live this life that's being held out to me, or no, I will not. Yes, I will explore the unexpected turn of events, or no, I will not. It's kind of that simple, but it's not easy. If you do say yes to God, you can take part in a thrilling, dangerous scheme with no script or guarantees. You can agree to smuggle God into the world, inside your own body. Mary did that in a physical way. You can do that spiritually by having God inside you. Ask Jesus into your life. Ask Jesus to be the center of your life. Ask the Holy Spirit of God to guide you. Throughout the Bible, men and women have encountered God and in humility asked God to lead them. 
asked God if they might serve him. There's lots of them, men and women. Eve was one of them. So was Moses, Joshebed, the mother of Moses, Miriam, the sister of Moses, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, Rachel, King David, Deborah, who was an influential woman judge, Rahab was an unlikely ancestor of Jesus, Ruth, a virtuous ancestor of Jesus, Mary. They were all men and women, people who were willing to be obedient to God. They were humble servants of God. Today, you have a choice. God doesn't force anybody to be obedient to him. He doesn't make them into a slave. He looks for them to choose to be obedient, choose to want to serve him. So say no if you wish. Drop your eyes. Don't make eye contact with the angel in the room who's speaking to you. Dodge out of the way. Get uh, out of the way because God's not going to force you. Mary had a choice to make, and so do you. You can choose to say yes to God and to begin to live the life that you have. It's the only one you've got, really. So live it. We all want to believe that we're in control, that we can plan and make life any way we want it to be. But the truth is that all the control that we think we have, that's just an illusion. Just think of the plans that you've made this year, or this time last year, I mean. Think of what you were going to do in 2020, never realizing that a tiny microscopic virus could reshape everyone's plans. The reality is God is calling to you for more. God is calling you to a revolution to change the whole world, one person at a time, starting with you. It's an amazing life. Allowing God in doesn't mean that you won't ever be afraid. It just means you won't let fear defeat you. It means learning to trust God. It means that you're willing to allow God inside you, to carry God with you, just as Mary carried God with her. It means saying with Mary and others, here am I, Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary is maybe the most amazing example of God at work in the life of an ordinary person. Join the revolution. Smuggle Jesus into your life, into your world. Sing the Magnificat. Do you know it's illegal to sing it in some countries? About four of them around the world have made it illegal to have the Magnificat sung. Allow God into your life. These are the words of the Magnificat. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now, from now on, all generations shall call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but has sent away those who value riches above all else, sent them away empty. He's helped his servant Israel 
remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, and just as he promised to our ancestors. Allow God into your life. Allow yourself to be humble. Allow yourself to be God's servant, and you'll be amazed at the life you live. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we sometimes have so many goals and desires and we want to be like a movie star or we want to be like somebody famous. But really, we want to learn to be your humble servants, to show your love, your mercy, your forgiveness wherever we go, to shine your light into the world of darkness around us. Help us and guide us that we may serve you. And we ask this in Jesus' name.